Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Hope. My name is Tammy Lynn Connors. Today, I have two guests on here, which this is the first two. So I have Michael and Jesse. How are you guys today? Oh, we're so good. Awesome. Good, good. So just to let everybody know what Hope is, it is helping other people evolve. And my mission and vision with my podcast and YouTube channel is just to help people know that they don't struggle alone in this world. I feel like so many people sit in their homes. They think they're all by themselves through their struggles, but fortunately they're not by themselves in their struggles, I guess to say. And I have friends that have been through struggles, unfortunately, but fortunately they've gotten to a strength with them. And so I just get on here and let them share their story with us. And Michael and I met, we, what'd we say? It was about three years ago. Yeah, it was like three, 2019. Yeah. About three years ago. Yeah. So I had ran into somebody and I was talking about my recovery and they had told me about a book that Michael was part of. And that book is called, remind me, Uh, Drowning in Addiction, Sink or Swim. Yes. And what an awesome book and story. There was uh, three of you in that book, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, I've been following Michael throughout her journey. And then one day I see she's with Jesse And then the next thing I know, I'm seeing a marriage and I'm seeing all this amazement. And I was like, I would love to have you guys on my podcast. So here we are. So if you want to maybe, I mean, maybe Michael, if you want to start with your story a little bit and then Jesse, you can share yours and however you guys want to feed into it all. Yes, I know. I was like, I was like, yes, let's do that. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep it short and sweet just to the point. Um, Yeah, so I am a person in recovery. Uh, My sobriety date is December 12th of 2015. And uh, I'm in recovery from mainly alcohol addiction. Drugs are part of my story. Uh, Long story short, like I was just like, I would say like every other addict who struggles with addiction, uh, I needed, I felt I needed it to fit in and to feel a part of. Um, And it was something that started for me at age 13. But To me, well, I guess looking back, it started to be a problem in high school. I didn't really recognize that until later on in my late 20s uh, because I didn't go to treatment until I was 29. Uh, And that's when I really realized when I went to treatment, you know, I had to make the choice. I will say in my story, it's I'm like, it's pretty typical of people know people in addiction you know, I, I lost friends. It went from being, a, I went from being a social drinker to drinking alone to not, you know, to hiding it from family and friends. And, and my then fiance at the time, uh, I lost countless jobs. I owed a lot of people money, you know, business partners. It was one of those things where I knew what was going on, but I was in such a hopeless state of mind that, I didn't want to drink anymore, but I had to. And it was, it wasn't until right up to the very end, you know, my, my dad tried to get me to, to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And I went for him in the year of 2015 in February of 2015, I had heard about AA and my dad begged and pleaded with me to go. And so I said, dad, like, I'll try this. So I went on a Valentine's day (laughs) on Valentine's day, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous and I'll never forget when I went in because, you know, I was embarrassed, you know, no, I don't want, I didn't want people to know I had this huge problem, but I, my addiction was in a ski town in Telluride, Colorado. So everybody knew I didn't think they did, but they did. Mm -hmm. So I went to, to my first meeting and I was really 
shocked by how nice everybody was, you know, Tammy, like all these people just surrounded me and were like, we're here for you. We want to help you and hugging me. And I thought that was really weird. I was like, why are like, why do you, why are you being so nice to me? You don't know me. Um, so I gave it the old college try. Mm -hmm. I lasted 37 days sober. And then I was like, I'm not ready to be done drinking. And so I went back out for a few months. My life blew up. I missed my sister's wedding. I had a seizure. I flatlined. And it was in that moment after I um, had a seizure and drove home that I was ready. And so once I made the decision in December of 2015 to get sober, my dad picked me up. He took me to the Harmony Foundation, which is in Estes Park, Colorado. And that is where I started my sobriety journey. It was just that kind of point, Tammy, where when I when I made that choice, it's like I just knew. I was like, I am ready. I am done killing myself because that's yeah. what I was doing. I wasn't living. I was dying. Let's be real. And when I got to treatment, I felt like I was at home when I met so many women that had my exact same story. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm not unique. And I have people that relate to me and I'm not a terrible person. Yes. My disease, my active disease makes me do terrible things. Mm -hmm. And so I was ready to commit to recovery. Like I was a dork about it. I still am, as you know. And <laughs> not so, at all. You're not a dork at all about it. I know. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. we're not. Awesome. Uh, awesome. But, you know, I went to Harmony and it really was, I, I never looked back. And then, you know, a few years down the road, there, here comes Jesse, but we won't talk about that yet. I'll let Jesse share his story because it's pretty cool. But, you know, uh, all I have to say to wrap it up is that there is a solution. You know, there's multiple solutions. And I'm just grateful that I became willing. Yeah. Can I ask you something about that? So when you said you flatlined and went to seizure, your blood alcohol had to been pretty high at that point, correct? It was it was high. And the reason I flatlined um, because is because I was trying to detox myself mm -hmm. to get to my mm -hmm. sister's wedding. Yes. And the, and I detoxed by myself too fast. My body couldn't handle it. Mm. And, uh, and I should have been medically detoxing yeah. because I just, you know, when you're an alcoholic, like my, my normal BA blood alcohol content is always above way above like what normal should be, but that's, yeah. you know, that's how we function. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I want to ask you one more question real quick. And then Jesse, I can't wait to hear your story. Cause I don't know anything about your story, but, um, when, um, you talk about like recovery is possible and all of that, and, and there's solutions out there, you know, I feel like so many people, like you said, you felt like you were all alone, you know, and you were the oddball. And then you got there and you realize that these stories are becoming the same, like, wait, she felt like I felt too, but I feel like you know, it's not just the point of I'm stopping drinking. You have to learn how to live life again, right? In a different way. And I think that's a lot of times what people miss, miss that. They're like, oh, look at Tammy, look at Michael. They're doing great life. But they forget that we still have those things that come in our life. But now we've used, we've learned tools to, to get through those, right? Oh my God. I am like, I don't know where I'd be without my, my program of recovery. Mm -hmm. I, I, I jokingly tell Jesse, but I'm actually very serious. I'm like, I wish my real, uh, my real friends, my, um, non-alcoholic friends worked the 12 steps of recovery yeah. <laughs> because I feel like, you know, when I, when I am restless, irritable, discontent, when I am not doing well, I have community and I have people that I can call 
and I don't have to pretend that I'm okay. I don't have to say like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I can say, listen, I am not doing good and I need help. And, you know, and, and it gives, and it allows like the, my, my program, which is the 12 steps, it allows me, like I said, to be human and, you know, to be human is what we're supposed to be. And I felt like I was trying to be anything but human. I was trying to be perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Okay, Jesse, we're ready. Let's hear it. Yes, my husband. <laughs> my husband. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing, Michael. And thanks for having me. And, um, you know, it's, it's the story that we all know how to drink. I drank, I drank a lot. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you drank a lot to the point where you started pushing friends and family out of your life. You started not showing up for people um, for me, you know, I started just being by myself in a room drinking and, you know, like my alcoholism takes me to a place where I'm in a dark room and all I want to do is drink. It puts me in that kind of a headspace. And I honestly didn't know there was another way to live. Um, at the end of my drinking, it got to the point where I was shaking so bad and I was physically ick, sick. I couldn't like hold down food <clears throat> that I decided like, I need to go to a hospital cause I'm going to die. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at the time I was 150 pounds wasting away. So I went to that hospital, um, walked into the hospital, um, actually called a friend. He drove me there. And the hospital I walked into said, we can't help you. I said, what? And I'm, I'm holding credit cards, I'm holding insurance. And they say, yeah, we can't help you. And, you know, I was irate. I was angry. And, uh, you know, I, I got kind of kicked out of the hospital. And very fortunately, my friend took me back to my house. And he knew enough about alcoholism that like he knew I needed to get detoxed. Mm-hmm. He started making phone calls and and I don't really remember this night, but the next morning woke up and he drove me to a detox center and uh, it was four hours away. And uh, you know, I, I drank the whole way there and, you know, I walked into that detox center and, you know, I said, I need help. And Thank goodness that hospital, the first one kicked me out. All I wanted to do, do was get back to zero. I just needed to reset myself. I need to like, you know, get out of this sickness that I feel. And I walked into this detox center. And when I sat down, um, they said a big book and they said a, a 12 by 12, uh, the AA big book and, uh, and a Bible on like my nightstand. And I didn't know what the big book was. I read it, Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, that's not for me. And uh you know, I picked up the Bible, which I'm not religious. And for three days, I kind of detoxed. And I don't honestly remember that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, I finally cracked open that book. And I just read a little bit. And I started reading about like, there were people that recovered. And that same day, a guy came and knocked on my room. And uh, he goes, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. He goes, hey, come on, I got somewhere for you to go. And luckily, that detox center was connected to a um, treatment center. Oh, okay. And so I walked into my first AA meeting and, you know, I sat down and they start the whole thing and they say, is anyone here for their first, second or third meeting since their last drink? And the guy next to me nudged me. He goes, Hey man, that's you. And so I raised my hand and the guy walks down with the microphone and I don't know if the guy said it, but I just said, hi, my name's Jesse and I'm an alcoholic. Mm. And the entire room applauded. They started Mm. clapping. And I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But then luckily that was a speaker meeting and the guy talked and his story, even though different lifestyles, the way that he drank, the way that he sought out, you know, to be alone and to drink himself to death was exactly how I drank. 
And I finally heard something that gave me a little glimmer of hope. So like that little tiny glimmer of hope, I realized there was something else. I didn't know what it was. And so thankfully I too, like I did the detox and then I found out about a treatment center, Harmony up in Essence Park. And I went there and, uh, you know, I walked in there and I felt like I didn't belong. I wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't that bad. Like, Oh, I can do this on my own. And luckily I, I had the time to sit down and talk with the guys there and laugh and laugh about the horrible things that I did in drinking. Mm -hmm. Even better, I started to see that people had not, you know, I had walked out of there with a a kind of beginning of how to not drink myself to death. You know, it was there where I learned that, you know, like, you know, what kills me is the first drink because I just don't ever stop. And if I do stop, all I do is think about drinking. And So that kind of basis of finding people that were like smiling and happy finally gave me the the idea that like, I can't do this by myself to the fact where I don't even trust myself. Mm -hmm. And luckily walking out of that treatment center, I said, I need to go to a sober home. I need to go to a place that has something more than me to watch over me Mm -hmm. because me left to my own devices. I'll drink. Mm -hmm. So I walked to the end of that place and, and, you know, it was curfews and, you know, piss tests and the whole nine yards. And, but I willingly walked in there because I knew that I couldn't not, not drink by doing that. Then I had six months of, you know, you have to go to the AA meetings. You have to do these things. And luckily through that, like, and seeing the people in the room so happy and living with smiles on their face and joy and connection with their family that I became kind of like tricked into, but then also okay with doing the whole 12 steps. Uh and that's really where my recovery took off because that's where I got the time to take a look at my past and clean up my past. Mm-hmm. And it got also, that was the, the way that I ended up finding a higher power, like mm-hmm. something that works in my life that keeps me sober. And through that, you know, I got to look at the fact of I was a liar. I was a cheat. I did steal. And I got to write down on a piece of paper, like who does Jesse want to be? And, you know, I want to be trustworthy. I want to be responsible. I want to be there for my friends and family. And I got to go to those friends and family and in a very awkward way, say, hey, I'm showing up to say, like, these are the bad things I did in my past. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I can't say sorry, because the only thing you ever heard from me before was I'm sorry I got caught. Mm-hmm. So now moving forward, this is the person that I want to be. And I'm going to go be that person. And this is how I'm going to do it. And, you know, they all didn't believe me because I'd been a liar for 20 years. Right. But every week I got to show up and I kept myself involved in this program. I kept myself connected to AA. I kept myself connected to Harmony. And in that, I have found that happy, joyous, and free life. I've mm-hmm. found, you know, like ability to show up for others. Um, you know, like material things have come back in my life and those are cool, but they're not the greatest part. The greatest part is the connection with other people, the serenity I feel in myself the peace that I can walk through in myself. And by doing that kind of, you know, day in and day out, I slowly am becoming that person that is trustworthy, is responsible, shows up for everybody. You know, to the, the fact of, you know, the blessings of the life just keep giving. And, you know, I met Michael in recovery. You know, we met at a Harmony event. And, you know, like none of anything I have in my life would have ever been possible if I didn't walk into that place and just say help. Right. And by saying help, it connected to me all the other pieces that I just keep rolling with and life keeps getting better. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, wow. I love your story. It's incredible. When, when was it that you decided to walk through that door and, and get sober? So that was March 20th of 2014. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I, we, I share my sobriety is in March too. Mine's March 9th of 2004. So, mm-hmm. and um, what I, what I love, what part of what we were talking about with the tools are the 12 steps you know, and those 12 steps can be used in so many different avenues of life. I mean, they're, they're like steps of life, you know, but the problem is, is really looking at those steps and having to look deep inside yourself. Like you said, Jesse, like you have to really go in there and be like, oh man, all these things that I was lying to myself about. And then once we go through the steps and learn, and then we can go to the, like, I just until about five years ago, even though I went through the steps, I thought my son didn't really have a clue how much I drank. Like I was in complete denial of it. I mean, I apologized to him and stuff, but, and I would talk about it. I'd be like, yeah, he didn't really know I drank because I was working all the time. Till one day he looked me like right in the eyes and said, are you serious right now? You really believe that? And I was like, oh, (laughs) you know, so I had to go back into steps again and do that. But those are one of the things that I talk about a lot are having those tools. And those tools are just like you said, man, you got deep inside yourself and then you found what you call your higher power, you know, and I believe truthfully, whatever your higher power is, the universe, God, whatever it is, without that, there isn't a lot of hope. You know, you really need to get that and find that and find it in you and that serenity like you talked about. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. I love your story. Now let's move on to the story of Michael and Jesse, because I watched this kind of unfold, like through just being <laughs> your friend on Facebook and following you, you know, I know. Oh my God. Like, I get so, I like, I am so in love. Oh, I'm such a, he's like, God, why am I here? No. Okay. So to all of you like that are listening, like check this ish out. When I got sober, like, because I, all I really give well, I mean, I cared about things, but when I was in treatment, I was like, I'm never going to date again. Like I'm never going to go on dates. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to eat cookie dough on the couch, like Netflix and chill. It's fucking over, man. It is over. I was like, cause I, I did not know how to make connection without booze or blow. Like mm-hmm. I need, like those were my vices to talk to, to dudes. And so when I got sober, and, you know, like I told myself, well, you know, I, I, I kept telling myself I needed to date somebody that wasn't sober because I needed that person to like, let me still go to happy hours or just sit at the bar because I felt like I still needed that in my life. And that was so not true. I'll just say that that was like, that was not true at all. And so, you know, like I, like Jesse said, both him and I went to harmony. He got sober before me. Uh, when I came up to, I was living in Telluride and I, I took a job up at Harmony to be their alumni director. And I don't really remember meeting Jesse the first time. His story is different than mine. You'll hear in a second. <laughs> I, because when I met him my first time, I was only nine months sober and I was just trying to fucking live. Mm-hmm. They say don't date in your first year of recovery. Right. I, I was still figuring out who Michael was. And so I, I realized I remember him by one of his tattoos now, but like at the time I was like, I didn't really remember him. And so when I moved and took the job, uh, took the job up here in Estes, people kept talking about this Jesse guy, Michael, you need to meet Jesse. He's a great alum, you know, Jesse, this Jesse, that I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I needed to interview alumni for this big um, 50th celebration for Harmony Foundation being open. I started um, interviewing alumni. 
And he was one that I called. So I, I finally called him and was like, Hey, you know, like I had to leave a voicemail. He called me right back. This was in December of 2018. <laughs> and on December 16th, I called him to do an interview. I left a voicemail. He called me back. He's like, sorry, Michael, I was in the bar. And I was like, oh, fuck, he's drinking like this. is." Right. Really? But right. he was like he was he was at the bar watching the, the Chicago Bears because we live in Colorado and it doesn't come on the local channels. I was like, great. I was like, do you want to do an interview tomorrow with me on Zoom? He was like, yeah, that'd be great. So I did eight interviews that day, seven or eight of them. He was my last one, Tammy. And before I get on Zoom, like, you know, like, you know, on Zoom, you can let people get on first. Right. I was nervous. Like I had interviewed these all these people all day. <laughs> And for some reason I was nervous with Jesse. And so I let him get on the camera first. And so when he got on the camera, I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, keep it together. This is work. I was like, Michael, this is work here. And so we, he, I got on camera, we did the interview and then we just started talking, like just talking. And I was like, I got to go to a Christmas party. So but for work. And he was like, do you want to get coffee before? Cause it was on my way to the party. And I was like, Sure. So I met him at this place called Allegro Coffee in Denver. <laughs> and like, he, guy, it was like a, out of a movie, um, Tammy. He walked in one door. I walked in the other. Like we looked at each other and I was like, this is it, you know? And to wrap things up, like he is everything. I always oh. like, like deep down knew I needed, but I didn't think I wanted like mm-hmm. I did not know, like, you know, cause we're both in recovery. I didn't know that like intimacy could exist on the level that it does with us. Mm-hmm. Like with, and I'm talking not like just like physical, like physical, right. um, but emotional and spiritual and communicating it's, it's like beyond anything I ever thought was possible in a relationship. Uh, we support each other in our recovery. We, and what's so cool is like, when you know, you know, we met. Right. In December, three months later, we moved in. A year later, we were engaged. A year later, married, and we had the house. And, you know, it's the coolest thing to support one another. And I, you know, like, so to anybody who's, who's listening and is like, I, like I'm sober and I'm not going to find love. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can, you know, and it's, and it's out there for you. And so I just, you know, I feel so lucky to have someone in recovery because I would think I'm like, I don't know that I could ever be with a normal person because they don't get that I'm insane. Right. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm insane. But we support each other. And that's, and it's nice that he understands me and I understand him. And like, dude, Tammy, it's so good. I, I'll believe me. Trust me. I watch and I see <laughs> the smiles and the things that you guys do. And I'm like, I just love them. <laughs> it's just the coolest. <laughs> She yeah. she doesn't love you at all, Jesse. I know. I know. So, my relationship, you know, coming into sobriety, up to that point, all the girlfriends in my past, they who could party with me, who could keep up, and right. and honestly, there there was slim to none conversation. It was more who could be with me partying, and then, you know, it was always uh, I cared more about what my friends thought about my girlfriend than what I thought of my girlfriend. Like I always had to have external validation to me. Like I never had my own internal thought. Mm. So coming into sobriety, I heard the same thing as Michael. Like the first year of sobriety, you just don't date. Like don't do anything major. Um, just me over my last years, the 
the number one thing I see guys go out on is romance is, mm-hmm. you know, trying to go out and do the same sort of thing. I'm not happy with myself. So I'm going to find happiness with someone else. Yes. And, you know, so I, I kind of took that to heart to, you know, like, I'm not going to date my first year. And, and through that, it was the beginning of the question of who is Jesse. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure that out. And, you know, it's looking back, it was not the funnest to walk through, but after year one and into year two, no dating, I was trying the apps and everything year three, no dating. Like it just, you know, I just didn't have dates. It was, and you know, like looking back, it wasn't the easiest to walk through and, but it's exactly what I needed because I needed three years of figuring out who was Jesse. I needed three years of figuring out how do I sit by myself and be content and happy. Mm. It wasn't until I could love myself that I couldn't love someone else. Mm. So into that fourth year, I started dating and I too, like Michael was like, I just need to find a normal person. Like my alcoholism is enough for like a couple, Um, (laughs) you know, and it was kind of like Michael was saying, trying to live vicariously through these other people. Mm -hmm. And that's just not who I am. Like I can go anywhere and do anything, but like after two drinks, I don't want to hang out with a person. They start changing. And literally if I hear the same story twice, I can go to those things, but I just decide to leave. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. I was kind of dating on these apps and whatnot and, but not having any luck. And, you know, you'd put on the app, like I do not drink. And their first like message to you was like, Hey, you want to meet this bar? And it was just like, yeah. And so I was kind of resigned to just like, all right, like I'm okay being okay. And I don't think it was till that point till I could have met someone like Michael. Mm-hmm. But it was even a little bit more because I walked into this Harmony event. It was the fundraiser. And I see Michael across the room and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I finally get the end to talk to her. And she's, you know, ecstatic and happy. And everything you see, like her presence on social media is her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she loves and enjoys life. She, mm-hmm. She's a big skier. I'm a huge skier. Loves just the outdoors, loves adventure. Mm-hmm. And then the faithful question of, all right, Michael, how long have you been sober? <laughs> And she goes, nine months. And wow. I go, shit, shit, shit. shit. <laughs> Got three more months to go. <laughs> and plus, she lives in Telluride. She's a world away. Um, you know, and I walked out of there and actually went over to my sister's house the next morning. My mom was in town visiting. And I explained the perfect woman I had found and how I can't date her and how she's just not going to be there. And so... Michael left my life <laughs> and you know, it wasn't until it, it was another year and two years, two years later, you know, like same sort of thing. I, I hadn't found anybody. It just wasn't working. And, and I, I was okay because I was okay with loving myself, but mm-hmm. you know, there was kind of just this like, Hmm. Yeah. And then I heard through friends of harmony that Michael had started working there. And then the faithful phone call, she calls me and I'm sitting at a bar watching the bears game. But the the part that I left out is my home group is on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Okay. I walk out of there at 11. The joke is always, hey, guys, I'm going to the bar because I go to the bar and watch the Bears game and eat food. <laughs> right. And so Michael calls me. I don't pick it up. I listen to the voicemail. I start sweating. I'm nervous <laughs> and not even thinking about it. I call her back and she goes, how are you? And I go, great, I'm at the bar. <laughs> and it's just radio silence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't hang up, don't hang up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the rest is just like Michael explained. It's, yeah. I finally found someone that also had done the work. I got to a point where she loved herself mm-hmm. and she brought a whole person to a relationship. And together with that, now we feel comfortable, you know, forming the marriage, forming the life that we're building together because we both love ourselves. And with that, we can love each other. Yeah. And okay, one thing, Tammy, and thanks for all it up. Because like before, like I always had to be somebody else, you know, dating. I always mm-hmm. pretended that I was maybe wealthier or that I had this or I had that. And with Jesse, like he loves me for all that I am, like yes. my insane happiness, like my insane happiness, like my OCD, like just like I don't have to hide. And when that, when that happened, I was like, holy shit. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Cause we hid in our addictions. Yes. All the time. And even after, I mean, like you said, you know, you're always trying to fit in, right? So whatever you got to do to try to fit in, even though, you know, you're not being you, right. Yeah. You're like, oh, if I act like this, maybe I'll fit in better. Or if I act like this, maybe he'll like me more. And then to find that with each other, really, because like Jesse said, you know, he got, got, you became fine with being with yourself. Right. And I feel like that is a huge part in anything we go through in life is learning. If you have to sit and be by yourself for six months, a year, however long it takes, but learning to love yourself is the biggest, best thing I've ever done, honestly. And I really didn't, honestly, if I was being, well, I will be honest, like I didn't really learn how to do that until the last probably year and a half, two years, because I was always taking care of other people, my family and everybody else. So now I'm learning like who I really am. You know, I, I mean, I know I'm sober and I enjoy life and I love life, but learning who Tammy really is, and it's been a big difference. So I like, I love your guys' story. Now, were you just in Cleveland or is it Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. At Dr. Bill's house. I Dr. was at Bob's Dr. House? Bob's in Dr. Akron. Bob. Dude. Bob. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was levitating. It was a very spiritual experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. I, I saw your, I saw it. Sorry. Somebody came in the door. Yeah. Um, I saw your picture and I was like, oh, how cool is that? You know, oh. so. Yeah. I FaceTimed Jesse. I was like, look where we, look where I am. And he was <laughs> so like, cool. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Now your book um, is so good. Like it's really you, the three of you, you Scott Leaper and who is the other person? I'm sorry. Andrea. Yes. You guys go into such detail of the addiction and the drowning in it. And it's just, it's just amazing. So I know you can get your book anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. And there's plenty of reviews for people to check out. But yes, um, we do not sugarcoat anything. We are not Willy Wonka. Yes, yes. And I love that. And actually, I had the book and I read it and I gave it to a kid when I was in Dallas because he was struggling with stuff. I'm like, here, take this book. And then when you're done, pass it on because it was so good. So um, now are you working with people in recovery now? Did I see that? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, so I so okay. I work for a, a behavioral health entity called Vertava Health. I left for Harmony Foundation to work for this larger entity to okay. build alumni programmings to help help way more people get connected into recovery. Awesome, awesome. And Jesse, what do you do? Hmm. Uh, so I run a custom woodworking shop. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, 
it's one of those part of my story. I um, showed up at this wood shop and was looking for a job and everyone in the wood shop was in recovery. Oh, and uh, (laughs) funny how that works, isn't it? It's so, (laughs) and you just, you keep doing this, you know, keep moving forward and things just keep lining up. Yes. Yes, they do. They do. I am. So, so how long have you been married now? One, a little over a year and three months. Oh my goodness. That went quick. I know. Well, yes, I think it went really quick. I was like, can we like slow down a little? Yeah. Right. Can we just have life halt a little bit? No, I love, I love watching your guys's journey. I know people can follow you on Facebook. Um, are you on Instagram too? Yeah, they can find me Facebook, Michael Mazel. Oh my gosh. My last name is Jesse. Obviously it's Jesse's last name. M A A S S E L. Check it, Tammy. Our last name has AA in it. We were destined to oh be alcoholics <laughs> and join AA. That is what I tell everybody. It's M-A-A-S-S-E-L, muzzle. Yeah. Well, that's an easy way to remember it too then. Yeah, Jesse has it tattooed on his arm. That's how I remembered him. I was like, oh my God, I remember you showing me that. And I was like, why is your last name tattooed on your arm? And he's like, I did that when I was wasted. Oh, Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You know, I appreciate you guys getting on here with me today. I know we've been talking about it for a little bit and um, it's been fun. I enjoy it. I always tell, I always tell my friends that we'll, we'll rehash again in like six months to a year because everybody's life changes so much, you know, in time. And I know that, that both of you, I, I, you know, have been through the struggle, the struggle, it was real, you know, and to see the strength that you've gotten to and just the life that you're living now, it just reminds me to tell everybody out there it is possible. It really is. You know, and it's not like we said, it's not easy. We never say it's easy, but when you're ready and you're ready to go through those tools and, you know, deal with life on life's terms, it's, it's huge. And you look at the joy in both of you, right? That's what I love to see, right? You're not like sitting here faking it. You guys are living life. Life is treating you great. And you're, you're going to continue like that. But the other thing that I love what you said is you have each other now, right? And you understand each other. So when you're going through those, cause you're going to go through the valleys, everybody does, right? We all, oh, have yeah. but now you have a, well, one thing you have a companion that you can really work together through them. But I always tell people, it's so important to have that, you know, have those people that you can, it's not everybody in your life that you can do that with, but there are people out there that you can. So yeah. I just want to thank you guys. Is there any last words you want to like say to anybody, some inspiration or anything or I'm like to drink is to die. No, I'm just drink is to die. <laughs> right. My son used to get mad at me because I made him pretty much think that drinking was the devil, you know, and, and I do say this to people too. Not everybody becomes an alcoholic when they drink. So, you yeah. know, but you know, I used to, my son was like, mom, you made me feel like it was Satan and it was the devil. And if I ever touched it, I was going to be poisoned and explode. I was like, yeah. well, I didn't mean to make you feel that way, son, <laughs> but I felt about it, you know? No. I don't know. Like, well, do you want to say something? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one for me is when I thought about sobriety, thought of not drinking, I thought my life would be horrible. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd have no fun. I thought there would be no more joy, no more adventure. And I found exactly the opposite. I found that the adventure began when I started getting sober and I worked through all of that stuff, you know, working the 12 steps and the like, adventure and joy and fun and things I get to go do nowadays, like, are amazing. I get to go to the coolest places. I get to go all those things that I used to sit on a bar stool and lie to you about that I did. I now get to wake up and go do those things. Mm -hmm. And like, 
it is an awesome, fun, joyous, happy life. And like, if you are like questioning it at all, like just give it a shot. I mean, like I had nothing to lose at the end of my drinking. So like, you know, a lot of people have said, give this a shot for a year. If you're, if you're not, you know, doing good in a year, I'll buy you your first drink. Mm-hmm. After a year, I was like, I don't, I don't want to drink. Mm-hmm. And it was a total shift in perspective. Yeah. So it is a awesome, fun, filled, joyous life. And I, I, I can't say enough about it. Right. The only thing I will say is if you are in recovery, cause I'll think it like for, if you are in recovery side, because like, as Tammy knows how we met is I'm very loud about my recovery. There's nothing silent about it. I just want to, you know, invite all of you that if you are in recovery and you're ashamed of it, uh, the one thing my sponsor in recovery told me was that my past is my greatest asset mm. and that um, they, you, sh- you don't need to have shame around where you came from and that you have no idea who you could help if you talk about it, because there are people that are crying on their bed, their bedroom floor, their bathroom floor, their kitchen floor every night, feeling hopeless. And just know that if you choose to be open about it, like being open saves lives. That's all I have to say. Yes. Oh, both of you. Those were the best words that I've heard. I love what you just said about that because I follow Trent Shelton and he talks about your, your transparency will lead to someone else's transformation. And I live by that because it's so true. You know, somebody's like, crying on the floor, like you said, and that's why I've done hope. And then what you said, Jesse, because I remember too, like that was one of my biggest fears. Like, how am I going to dance and have fun if I'm not drinking? Right. And now I live life to the fullest too. Like I'm out there dancing. People are looking at me like, how are you still dancing? And I'm like, cause I'm not drunk like you, <laughs> you know, but I enjoy the thing so much more. And it's like you said, you sit on the, I go to places that I used to drink and it's the same people still sitting there, you know, 18 years later telling the same stories and I'm out here living life and, and enjoying it and finally living it and loving it. So both of you are such and inspiration. And I thank God that I was blessed enough to meet you, Michael. And now even blessed to know you, Jesse, I, um, I'll be to Colorado one day and visiting. I promise. Please do. do. I will. Don't, don't think I won't. (laughs) So, all right. Well, you guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you everybody for jumping on hope. I have this on the YouTube channel and podcasts. And like I said, you know, you can reach out to them on their Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, just, just try to love life and enjoy it the best that you can. You guys all have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.